0: Welcome back, everybody, to the sick podcast, Recruits Draftcast. Guys, we got a fun show planned for you today because Grant and Rocco have each created their own wish list for the Habs and the Sens come draft day, and we're going to get into those. As always, we're going to get to Rocco's riser of the week. This week, we have a mauler of the week, and, as always, our Habs prospect of the week. So let's get to it. Turn up your volume because you're about to listen to the sick podcast Podcast. recruits draft cast and with the first overall selection in the 2023 nhl draft the chicago blackhawks are very proud to select from the regina pats the western hockey league Connor bedard the sickest nhl draft and scouting podcast it's gonna be sick all right, I am your host, producer Shane, joined by my fantastic co-host, Grant McCagg. Rock with Zappia, fellas. How we doing?
2: Great. How you doing? Better you. <laughs> A, little uh... choppy.
0: A little choppy, yeah. apparently. But uh, the weather around here has been god-awful uh, for the past about 24 hours. So uh, we're, we're dealing with that, but we're pushing on through. I'll let you guys do most of the talking anyways. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll sit back and glitch out uh, <laughs> as I need to. But uh, li- li- you know what? Let's get right into it. We're going to start with the Habs here. And before we do, I'd like to bring up the current rankings or the current draft order as if the season would end tonight. So Chicago would pick first. God, let's hope not. Um, <laughs> San Jose's second. Anaheim third. Columbus fourth. Arizona fifth. Montreal sixth. Ottawa seventh. Then Buffalo, Minnesota, and Seattle. So uh, we're going to start with the Habs here who should – be picking sixth if the standings stay the same um this is a realistic kind of situation for the Habs right sixth I'd I'd say four to four to nine is probably the range that they're looking at so Grant we'll we'll bring up your your wish list here and you can tell us why you have these players
1: yeah I uh I didn't give much detail there right I think people know, <laughs> know who we're talking about. That'd be Macklin Celebrini, Ivan Demidov. Well, uh, Celebrini's the center, Demidov's a winger, Lindstrom, Kate, Caden Lindstrom's the center, Zane Perek, right defenseman, Carter Yakumchuk, right defenseman, and T. Zheginla, who is a winger as well. Now, um, you'll notice that there aren't any left defensemen on that list, and uh, I think there's good, you know, there's good reason for that, considering that the Canadians have probably go about six or seven deep in guys that are legitimate either prospects that are going to be NHLers or current NHLers. So, um, not that I don't think that they, if it, it's definitely the top player on the board, uh, uh, this and that, that they wouldn't take a left defenseman. But all things being equal, I think. Uh, I, I not only think that Perek and Yakumchuk are the two best right uh, defense right defensemen, I also think they're the, the top defense prospects. So ideally, if they're picking top six, you, uh, you got to hope that at least one of those guys is uh, available, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, obviously, one will be, and it, it'd probably be a Ginla. So he'd be my sixth choice out of that group. So I'm hoping it's one of the top 5 really ideally but I certainly would it's not settling for a I don't think he's I think he's going to be a 30 goal scorer at the NHL level and help whatever team he gets picked by but I mean Celebrini's obvious yeah you know nobody's not going to have him on their wish list uh in the top 10 and um you know I mean he he has a chance to be better in Suzuki even like, uh, and, and be the number one center on the team. So that's, and I mean, we all, we're all seeing this year, uh, Nick Suzuki's ultimate upside. I think he can be a point per game, two way centerman. So, Definitely. um, you know, that's, that's quite a one, two punch. They'd be, it'd be one of the better, uh, one, two, uh, center punches in the league three or four years down the road. Um, Emma Dov, anyone that's that's followed me on Twitter this year has seen the uh and and I mean followed the podcast right because we've featured him a couple times um obvious choice for the Canadians he'd be um I honestly think that he he'd eventually supplant uh Caulfield as uh as a first line winger if he he just he's just that dynamic and and bigger uh, probably better all around, and um, just like a fantastic playmaker, a better playmaker than than Caulfield. So just all around uh, superb, superb. I think he can be a 100-point scorer in the NHL, so uh, you don't pass on that if it's available. The uh, Canadians could use that, obviously. They've been dying for it since uh, somebody with that skill level since Kovalev. You always hear about it. Well, he would be the guy. So, um, and as well, Caden Lindstrom, hey, 6'4, center with grit and speed that probably be a 35 goal scorer at the NHL level. Again, no teams passing up on that if, uh, mm. you know, if the first two, after the first two guys, I don't think, unless it's uh, perhaps Perek or Yakamchuk, But in the top five, uh, you need a center. And what team doesn't need a six-four center that can that with 35 goal potential that's gritty? So um he'd be a fantastic addition. You know, there there's always uh concern with doc's face-offs. So there's still, you know, it's not a guarantee that Doc's gonna be a center for his entire career because he's under 40 percent in the face-off dot in the NHL, and you they're just such an animal does not exist. A regular NHL center that's under 40% in the face-off circle. It's just not there. So he would, you know, and then we've seen him on the wing a lot in Montreal. Right. So he he can go on the wing. Not a, not a problem there. Uh, Some uh, has fans are probably going to say, why do you have defensemen on the, you know, on your wish list with, uh, with, with the Canadians being so loaded? Well, Simple answer is uh, both of them can be first-pair and right defensemen. <laughs> they can, uh, I mean, as much as I love Reinbacher, both these guys have more offensive upside, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're better fits to be on the first power play unit. I mean, Parekh, Parekh Hudson on a power play, I, I just, I would pity the, uh, the wingers that had to deal with that.
0: <laughs> you know, there'd
1: be, be ankle... They need cast like a doctor there with cast for the ankles. All the ankles are broken with those two on the power play. Uh, Yakumchuk, just uh, very similar to Mayu, to be honest with you. But Hmm. I think he might, he's got a little better puck skills. His dangles are just incredible for a guy his size and every bit as good a shot. So he might be just one tier above uh, Mayu but it's close and again you know you pick up you pick one of these defensemen and you deal you deal one or two defensemen that you already have in the system that might be Mayu that might be somebody else because you may you know you may not want Mayu or Yakumchuk on your third pairing down the road at some point but uh, you can't pass on the asset there and then you deal one of your other defensemen or two of them to fill that spot that you want to fill up front. Yeah, you're getting rid of a good defenseman, but you're going to get back a top six forward if if they go that route and they pick either Perek or Chuck, because it's for three, four years down the road and there's, there's other things that are going to happen. There's moves that are going to be made. The roster will look different in three or four years. So you pick the best player available, and if at six the the top three defensemen or top three forwards are gone, I think they go. They, they seriously consider either Perek or Yakumchuk if they're on the board. Yeah, and then uh, sixth uh, the sixth choice, you know the, the the consolation prize, and it's a heck of a one would be Jerome McGinley's son because I think I think he's going to be a heck of an NHLer, uh, a two way forward that will score lots of goals that will provide some grit That's strong just no real holes in his game i don't think uh so for me those are the six guys that all have good really good floors so they're they're going to be all really good nhlers but they also have high upside and that's uh it. i think any of the six would be great uh additions to the canadians
0: i agree i completely agree with you now grant before we move on from your list I have to uh, speak for the comments because I can already smell them. All right. There are three notable omissions from your list that people are going to be all over you about. So I'll give you the chance to to answer for that. Uh obviously Berkeley Catton, Cole Eiserman, and Consta Hellenius. Those are three forwards, right? Okay. We know the Habs fans they want a forward the, this year, right? So those are three forwards okay. that have been popular names on social media amongst you know the scouts and all that. So why wouldn't they be on your list?
1: We can get rid of the list, guys, so you can see my reaction here. <laughs> show, show the face. Show the uh, face. <laughs> no, I, uh, um Well, yeah. I mean, sure. There, if Montreal ends up uh, going on a winning streak here, and they end up being uh, picking eighth, ninth, tenth, or something like that, then those guys will all be. Mm-hmm. will all be considered, but uh I mean Catton and Catton and uh Hellenius are both five 5'11", eleven, five eleven ish, hundred and seventy pound centers. I do not see them uh supplanting either Doc or Suzuki as your top two centers so what's that leave you uh you're picking a third line center in the top six or top seven uh or a a 511 what ultimately becomes a 511 winger in your top six or seven you you can go back over draft history and see how many 511 wingers or shorter have been picked in the top seven it's a mighty short list um so uh, even though I like all those prospects, mm-hmm. uh, sort of the other one was Eisenman, I mean, another yeah. five, another five eleven winger. So, uh, the Canadians need more size in their top, in their top six, I do believe. Yeah. And there the three would not provide that. Um, Eisenman is always a kind of, he's also, you know, sort of a one dimensional player. And, uh, I mean, some would argue that the Canadians already have that with, with Cole, mm. but I mean, I would argue that he, he's more than that, but again, you know, I don't know that, that, uh, that they're the right fits. And I also don't think that I don't have any of the three ranked higher than those six that I mentioned. So lower ranked, not the right fits pass.
0: Fair enough. So in the comments section, right? Don't come after Grit. Just listen to what he said. There's your answer. That's why they're not on that list. Now, Rocco, we haven't talked about the Sens that much on oh, the channel. I, I
2: got my Sens shirt today just, think, just for this episode. And I think it's,
0: it's due time we give the Sens some love because you're from the Ottawa region. You're a big fan. So... Um, first, before we get into your list, why don't you tell us what the Sens would need at the draft? What are some gaping holes in the prospect pool? What do they need to improve on the team? Like, Give a, give us uh, your, your thoughts on that.
2: Well, if, if you take a look at the NHL standings, I say there's probably quite a few things they could probably improve on. At this point, the season has <laughs> not gone even remotely close to what they had hoped, and there's a whole bunch of reasons for that that I don't need to get into Right now, they've been playing better under Jacques and Alfie, and, and you know, that's fine. They'll carry that in the next season, I hope. Um, but this is this is classic sense, turn it on the second half of the year and, and ruin a lottery pick. I yeah. I said it one of the first episodes that came on the pod. I'm just waiting for it, and here they are right on schedule, beating all the best teams in the league and losing to Anaheim and Chicago like they always do. I don't, under- I don't understand, but that's fine. Um, what they need more than anything, three words, right-handed defenseman. More than anything, that's the biggest glaring hole in in their in their active roster and and in their prospect pool. Now, their prospect pool isn't super deep uh, at the moment. Most of their bigger names um, and guys that have, have have really risen up the ranks are now playing. And um, the days of, of them and you know since since Pierre traded the last two high picks we had, so you know there's no guys coming coming from the last couple drafts because we didn't even have our own picks. So, thank you. Um, <laughs> this year we are going to have our own pick and it's going to be a high one so there's a there's a handful of right-handed defensemen that i think would be would be very good fits in auto and and we could bring up the list at at this point as well um that is the biggest clearing need for us now that's like i said there are not a lot of high-end pieces in the prospect pool at the moment so at a certain point you know there there may be a mindset of of maybe best player available but i do think that a right-hand defenseman needs to be prioritized if one of these guys are available now. You know, I'll start at the top. Celebrini, obviously, he's only in contention if if they win the lottery. Um, we can pass over him. We've talked about him him a lot. Uh, he's pretty much consensus top pick in the draft. So if we we win the lottery, you know, there there he is. But other than that, he's not uh, he's not a realistic option. The other guy on this list who I actually don't believe to be a realistic option for Ottawa is Caden Lindstrom, and it's not because I wouldn't love to have him, but just because of where Ottawa is, they're not going to finish in the bottom three probably um lynch Lynch not going to he's not going to be there he's not going to fall to where they're picking at six or seven like grant said six four center who can skate physical score a ton of goals like what else what else do you want he's going to be gone by the time by the time the sends come up to pick again unless they win the lottery in which case they're probably not they're probably taking celebrini anywho Mm -hmm. now the other five guys on this list i could see each of the five realistically being there at number seven overall. Uh, just from the last few weeks at the rink, talking to, to some different scouts, there's there's some differing opinions on on what order these guys belong in. And, and every time I talk to someone, I hear a little bit of a different order. So Damodov, again, Leporek, Yakumchuk, and, and Levshinov could all be there at, at number seven. Now, who do I really want? It's, it's no secret who I've been a massive fan of all year long since the first game I watched him is Zane Parekh. Um, the guy absolutely blew me away with his offensive ability, his creativity, his edge work, anything that you can think of in the offensive zone, he's got it in, in spades and his defense, his defense is a lot more impressive than I was led to believe I should expect uh, the first time I went into watching him for me. That's the guy that I want. He's my number one defenseman uh, in this draft. He's number one for me on my Ottawa Senators wish list. Uh, I think I think just a, a world where him and Jake Sanderson play a regular shift together it would just just be something something nasty, uh, and it would be it would be like having Eric back. Maybe would be his upside, and I don't want to put that kind of pressure on him or that kind of expectation but when you watch him he does remind me a lot of a lot of eric and i watch a lot of eric carlson in my day and there's a lot of shades of him um in this Perek kid and 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 further than that i think Perak actually has a, a bit of a toughness element that 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 maybe eric didn't have as as much uh, he doesn't he doesn't take it and, he, and he's happy to give guys shots so i i'm a really really big fan of him uh i'm going to toronto um well, to the GTA this weekend to see. Uh, I'm going to catch three games over the weekend. I'm seeing Perek in person uh, two more times. They don't come to Ottawa anymore this year, so I'm making a special trip just to make sure. Just to make sure I love them as much as I think I do before I keep running my mouth about them. Um, <laughs> but but for now, that's that's the guy that I, I I would be really really excited for Ottawa to have more than anybody. Now, Yakum Chuck would be would be next for me. 200-plus pound. His hands are. Are soft as silk, especially for a big defenseman. It's it's pretty wild to see his shot. Maybe one of the best point shots in the in the draft, if not if not the best. Um, he can bury, he can create. He's really really good in his own end. He's physical. He's big. He's he actually has very good edge work. His top speed maybe maybe leaves a little bit to be desired, but I don't think it's going to hold him hold him back at all. He really is. A little more attention and detail in, in the D zone, but he's he's not a perfect prospect. None of them are. I'd be really excited to add that kind of big body, skating, physicality, offensive ability, the shot. Um, you know, it's it's not, and he's Canadian. He's a Canadian kid too. I almost didn't say that, but he's Canadian, and I don't I don't care. Um, you need Canadians on your team. Um, they know how to they know how to win. They've been brought up around growing up. The only dream is a Stanley Cup. The only thing that they care about is making it in hockey. It, it, it does it – it is a point for him um, over maybe some of the other guys. The third right-handed D, now I've changed my opinion about 50 times on this guy already this year. Every time I watch him, depending – he seems to be kind of a little, a little bit Jekyll and Hyde, which worries me a little bit. But the good games that he has, you're really, really, really impressed. Another right shot D, he can skate, he can shoot, he can – he can move the puck, although there's. We've had me and Grant have had a little bit of debates about just how well he moves the puck sometimes, um, and he can get a little bit lost in his own end. He's the guy that he's the guy that it might I might have the most concerns about, uh, just because he's not very polished. He can puck watch. He can cheat for offensive opportunities, but by the same token, he's playing against some really, really, really good competition in the NCAA. Michigan State's not a joke. That's a really good program and he's playing big minutes for them and he's putting up numbers for them. So that says something. I think he's a guy that's going to need some refining. He's going to need someone who really knows how to develop the defenseman and clean up the warts in his game, because make no mistake, there are some, but he does have all of the tools in the toolbox that, that really get, yeah, that really give you something to get excited about. And I think if you, if you put him into the right system, um, with the right guys surrounded by the right people you just got to rein him in a little bit it's a bit of a bit of a wild horse sometimes um, and, and that's fine he can he can learn he can learn to play a little more reserve and guys have done it before and they've thrived he's got all the tools um but 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 I do have more questions about him than I do about perek and Yakimchuk, and, and that's why I have him third of that group of right-handed defensemen now the two wingers I, I would be I would be surprised if Demidov, was around when when Ottawa was picking. That would surprise me, but he's a he's Russian. He's playing in, in the Russian Junior League. He's not in the KHL. He's not getting to play international tournaments. We're not going to see him at the U18s. Didn't see him at the Holinka. So it's, it's tough. And you have your Russian scouts there, but when you're picking that high, you ideally want your head scouts and ideally your GM too, to have one, if not multiple, live viewings. And that's just simply not possible right now for him. Mm-hmm. And that... And that may hurt him. I don't know where, where I have him on my list of who I think will be the best player five years from now versus my prediction of the NHL draft order. I have him in two different spots. Uh, and, I'll, and I'll phrase it like that because he has, as far as I'm concerned, he has the most pure offensive upside, even even more than Celebrini. He has the most pure offensive upside in this draft. I, I agree with Grant. He has 100-point upside as a winger, but not the biggest He's Russian. He's a winger. So who knows where this guy goes? If he ends up there on Ottawa's on Ottawa's doorstep, and say they pick seven, if he's sitting there, you got to really, really think about it. And and an offensive winger might be not really what they need the most, but he's that he's that good that unless you're tell you what, give, give me give me Parekh over over him for Ottawa, but. But if, if it comes down to Demidov or Yakumchuk, I've, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to really really think about that. Um, even though they don't need him, he's that good that I think sometimes you just don't overthink it. And, and if he's if he's that good and you believe he'll come over and, and play and thrive, it'd be hard to pass on him because his skill set is just it's just friggin' bananas. How talented this this kid is. Um, the last guy I talk about, uh, Tjigenla. Again, I don't know that a winger is necessarily what the Sens need as much, but I am a big, big, big fan of his. I'll echo pretty much the same points that that Grant made. I don't have any questions about him becoming any less than a relatively steady 30-plus goal guy, um, probably a first-line player, second-line at worst, probably be an all-situations player, probably be the kind of guy that a coach is going to want to lean on a little bit and, and will earn his trust the bloodline sure don't sure don't hurt at all. You gotta like that. He grew up around the game, and that's a massive, massive, massive advantage because all those things that Jerome got to experience and all the lessons that he learned, Tej is going to be years ahead of his peers in terms of learning learning lessons about the game, how to carry yourself like a pro work habits, competitiveness, how to win, those sort of things take time to learn. And I think when you when you grow up with Jerome again as your father, you, you have to consider those an, that to be an advantage there for him. Um, that said, I just love the way he plays so he'd be he'd probably be number, well, six or seven here. There there's Perek is the guy that I really badly, badly want um for Ottawa. Yakum, Yakumchuk, Yakumchuk's Chuck Yakim Chuck's right there with him. I think they'd be the, the two best fits. But any one of these guys on on these uh, on this list here, I'd I would i would be I'd be excited to to introduce them to the prospect system. They'd any one of them would immediately become our, our top prospect again, thanks to not having picks the last couple of years. You know who you are. Thank you very much. Um, he's no
0: longer there he's no longer there
2: don't worry <laughs> I, I have I have I have, uh, I have PTSD it's, it's pure traumatic stress disorder uh, <laughs> every, every day I wake up and I, and I think there's we're going to be losing another first round pick somehow but that's fine um one more to go in 2026 and then and then that's it but <laughs> for me that's that's my auto center's wish, wish list three words right-handed defenseman and, and there's a few good ones
0: love it love it that's awesome so in the comments section let us know your favorite team and who you want your team to select we know grant's answer we know rocker's answer grant you got something
1: i got my hand up yeah um can i comment on of course please do and you should have asked him to comment on my habs list too but that's <laughs> it was perfect well, the, so the lists really...
0: are very similar so i think the 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 yeah. comments echo
2: each other. Yeah, my, my
1: list was perfect, so we couldn't really, you know, debate it <laughs> exactly.
2: My, my <laughs> wish list for the Habs is the three guys Shane that you mentioned that all the fans want the three five yeah, eleven. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's my wish list for the Habs. Just when you guys that would be a Montreal pick right there, another small skill guys. So how about it? Yeah, <laughs> and
1: then and then one of the guys you want drops down. Yeah, exactly.
2: That's that's right. Uh, uh,
1: yeah, obviously, I mean, the first six guys on the on your list, I have n- absolutely no qualms with. And even Lev Shunov, I get it. You know, he'd be a he'd be a good addition. I mean, you can't really argue it. I but what I would consider, and again, y- you have to you know, your list and, and to a certain degree, mine are both uh, kind of needs lists. Are they n- now? You can argue all you want. I think is going to be a better NHL defenseman than than Lev Shunov and it may not be close. Uh, Levshinov might get some more points, but as far as a shutdown defenseman goes, I don't see anybody coming close uh, to Selayev. And in my mind, that's what Ottawa needs as much as anything. Now, yes, you have a lot of left defensemen, but I also do think that you trade Chikrin or Shabbat or both of them get a right defenseman that can help you now. Wait for it, wait for the shale to come along. To, you know, if it's two, three years down the road, however long you have to wait, and uh, you've fun, you know, what's been Ottawa's biggest uh Achilles heel the last few years? Giving up too many goals? It could be argued that I mean, no, there's so- lots of, there's, yeah, lots of right. there's lots of uh pieces in the top nine, top six. You've got scoring, that's not an issue. You don't have that Celia back there and, and and in my mind, you draft the best player available and you trade other guys if you know when the time comes. But to me, I think they want to contend next year. No matter which one of those guys that you draft, those defensemen, they're not helping the team that much next year, probably. like Akinchuk's gonna likely need a year. Perek maybe plays next year.
2: No, they all need. They all. I wouldn't have a single one of them up there next
1: year. Right, right. So you're not helping the team next year to contend. But if you if you draft uh, if you draft Saleevs, let's say, and you trade uh, Shabbat or Chikrin for that right defenseman that you could use, then the the odd you know you probably you might contend next year. And then also when you get Soleyev, you've got that friggin' shutdown guy. Him and him and Sanderson killing penalties. Mm. You know. <laughs> well, yeah,
2: well, yeah. So that number seven spot, that last spot on my list, I debated huh, I debated between between three guys, between Lavshinov and between Soleyev and, and and Boyum too. Boyum? Buhum? Yeah. yeah. Buem. That was the other that's the other guy. Yeah. I would so say those did. I went I went back and forth. And and honestly, if those end up being the pick personally, on my personal list, I do have Boyam and I have Soleev both ahead of Levshinov um just on my own on my own draft list. So I I get the sentiment there of taking the best player available. Now, I would I wouldn't be upset with you. The, either one of those guys, I'd be more than happy with to add, because I do believe both of them are very, very good players. And I think they'll both be impact players at their respective roles. I very much agree with your with your take on, on Soleev and, and no Ottawa, Ottawa doesn't have that. That said, I think if they could have traded Shabbat or Chikrin for uh, an equal ability right-handed defenseman, I think they would have already done so. I don't think that necessarily. That it might that be trade. a younger guy. It might be yeah, a younger right. guy. You know. Yeah, yeah, and and, and we'll see. We'll see. I, I would I would bet my ass that one of them is is gone by the trade deadline. I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll move both. I think it'd be silly to move to move both. Right. You have, you have three good lefties. You, you're going to keep two of them. Now yeah, I I get what you're saying. It's never it's never bad. You know, you take the you can always trade guys. You always can you always can trade guys. I do think that this cohort of defensemen, I think they're all very, very close. So because of like I don't necess, I don't know how much difference
1: have you seen Lev Shunov? Like you're making it sound like you've like you said you mine fifty times on him. Well, what in two videos or Three videos or what?
2: No, no, probably three three games at the beginning of the year, and then the one yeah. the one that you mentioned the other week, and then the couple highlight packages okay. that, that you sent me. But I've seen I've I, enough to I'll tell you what I've seen him enough to know that there are two sides to his game, and I've seen both sides. I've seen him look really good, and I've seen him look look not so good at all. So okay. I, I do understand why you know, like I said, I have I have William and and uh, Saleev higher than Shimov on my on my own list right now. But when it comes to Ottawa, just because of how much. How much they, they need it? I could see them maybe maybe veering that direction, but they'd they'd have to be they'd have to be certain that they can clean up the warts in his game. I'm I, I don't know yeah. that I don't I, I'm not certain that the warts in his game will be cleaned up, which is why I have him. You know, there's there's six there's really six pretty consensus um, group of six defensemen at the, at the top. I have him I have him in the sixth spot of that group. Um, Fair but because of Ottawa's need if if they're convinced if they're convinced that they can get the good out of them and and leave the bad behind then, then I've got time for it
1: yeah and he's yeah. Belarusian too you know like you were saying take the Canadian or whatever
2: yeah
1: he's yeah. Uh, I mean yeah it's certainly it's, so
2: no no for, for sure I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm making him sound like the best thing no, in the, no, in the no, world no 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 I
1: you know you you have said that you are going to watch him a little more and I mean, we're gonna do that down the stretch. It's yeah. gonna be very important for all these guys. No, like this, this all comes with an asterisk, right? Oh, for Playoffs sure. Playoffs are coming up for all of these guys. And there could be a guy that we haven't even named that ends up just having a fantastic playoff, and you say, Whoa, wait a sec here. Uh I want that guy, you know. So the, certainly uh, you know, both of our lists aren't aren't etched in stone. And it's uh, you know, a lot can can still change. It is only february and exactly you look at draft lists i can go back and show you some <laughs> oh it's crazy the difference yeah. that just from from the end of february until draft day how, how much list can change and guys rise that even after the season ends you see guys rise sometimes you know so exactly uh,
2: you, you mentioned playoffs love shinov i'm particularly because because of the holes in in his yeah. game, that that like those type of high intensity against the quality competition, those things are going to matter a lot um, for yeah. for a guy like that. And when I, when I say I went back and forth fifty times, I'm exaggerating a, a little bit. um But earlier in the year, if you, you you tend to focus more on the good of players, and then as you get to learn their games, you, you nitpick them a little more throughout the season. And that's kind of what I'm I'm doing more more now, paying attention to the to the negatives a little bit more. Which I had him higher, dropped them down, but. I, I, I still think he has the potential to be a heck of a prospect.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, there's there's some teams, I think, that have him top five. You know, he might even be gone. Yeah, when, no, when no six,
2: so. but I, I had this conversation with, with one of my, with a good buddy of mine <laughs> um, earlier today. We were, we were talking about the different defensemen and he had his opinions and I had mine and I said, look, realistically, I could see any of these six defensemen, they all bring something slightly different, slightly different to the table. They don't, have there's not two of them are exactly the same um and and i could realistically see i've seen games where any one of them would have looked like the best of the bunch and any one of the six might have been six of the bunch either way all six are are very very good prospects with a lot of tools in their toolbox and it's too early to know and i yeah yeah six different guys you'll get six different orders i'm I'm convinced of that they're they're close Yeah. yeah exactly
0: all right i think it's time Cue the music. It's Rocco's riser of the week. Let's do it.
2: All right, Rocco, who do you got this week? Ludo. It's riser? every time. Yeah, there's. Where's the video? We got to pull the video up here. There we go. <laughs> there we go. All right. Number 16 on your screen. We got Jack Berglund, six foot three, 205 pound center. I'm going to say this wrong for Farystad in Sweden. Farias uh, dad in Sweden. Sorry, playing for their junior team primarily, their U20, wearing number 16 in this game for Sweden. This is at the World Junior A Challenge. that happened a couple months ago. I wanted to pick this game just because it is against North American North American skaters, uh, which I find a little bit easier, a little bit easier to judge the Euros sometimes. So, it is U20 season he's got 14 goals 32 points and 37 games played he's also been called up this year for seven games for the big club in the shl where he has had one goal not huge production but just to get called up as a junior draft eligible player to that league that impresses me just on its own also represented sweden for the u18 team couple times both at uh, at this tournament and at the five nations he's got five goals eight points in 14 games for them Plays a two-way, two-way game. He's a two-way center. He stood out to me um, at times, both offensively and defensively. At 6'3, 205, you want and expect a physical game, and, and he does have that. So you're, you're happy about that. There's nothing worse than a big guy who's who's soft, and this guy's definitely not. He he's more than happy to throw the body around. And he uses his body quite effectively as as well um, in different situations namely when he's when he's carrying the puck he's really quite hard um, to get the puck off of once he gets his back turned to guys so he does use his body he does use his body very effectively now the caveat to that is bigger guys in junior tend to be able to use their body well and protect the puck which isn't always the case once they get to the pros quite as much against guys who are just as big and strong but for now it looks like a massive massive asset to his game Plays a pretty pro style game, especially for for a young teenager. Uh, really good along the boards and down low in the dirty areas, which is which is honestly where where the pro game is won and lost a lot of times. So he's not as crazy flashy as impressive in open ice as some other guys, but within three feet of the boards, um, w- which is the hard areas, you know he he really is he really thrives there. So you kind of you kind of like that. Now his offensive ability, I don't think. I don't think there's an elite offensive element to his game, um, especially not at the NHL level. But I do think he's pretty capable as both a shooter and a passer, and you'll you'll see some highlights um, of his goals later on. I put a couple goals at the end because he has no points in this particular game, but he is capable offensively. But again, I don't see anything that's going to scream elite point producer at the at the NHL level. He keeps his game pretty meat and potatoes for the most part. It's simple. It's simple, but effective and not in a bad way. I think it's pretty, you know, fairly by design, not super flashy, but again, smart and effective, good effort level in in all three zones. He's not the hardest, not the hardest worker you've ever seen, but he definitely competes. You have no issue, no issue with his motor or his competitiveness level. He doesn't, didn't seem at least in the games that I watched, to take, to take many, many shifts off or many situations off generally keeps himself pretty well positioned on on the ice in both zones you don't really see him lost out there he's pretty much pretty much always is aware of what's around him he's his head's usually in motion he doesn't get caught staring at the puck um defensively he doesn't really lose track of his guy stays between his man and the puck for the most part gives good support um high in the offensive zone and along the boards so positioning you like that, especially for a guy who may not project to put up tons and tons of points, he's got to be able to to do to do the details of the game well. And and I think I, I, as far as teenage prospects go, he does those pretty well. His coach definitely trusts him as an all around player, which I think speaks to his two way ability because he does see time on both the peak P and the PK um, in this game. Now I believe he's on the second unit for both but he is seeing notable time on on both special teams so you know that the coach has a has faith in him to be able to to contribute at both ends really good net front game especially on the pp they stick him in front of the net they're very very big body obviously uh, who does a good job of screening the goalie while taking away his eyes that's pretty tough to deal with when you got 205 plus pounds standing at the top of your crease and he's got a pretty good stick in front of the net, too. He tips one He tips one uh, in, in this first set of highlights against Canada, and then he gets, scores a goal on a tip play uh, later on, which you'll see. So good stick in front of the net, so you could do worse than in the big body there on the power play. Good net drive, um, tough for defenders to handle, especially junior defenders when he cuts the net. I mean, he's, he's really big and strong, so that's that's tough for guys to deal with. Some decent ability as a puck carrier once he gets going. There's actually a little bit of shiftiness and some edge work when he has the puck. But skating would probably be his biggest area of weakness at this point where I'd like to see him improve. His top speed, once he really gets up there, you can can live with it. It'll need to improve, but you can live with it. But the quickness and the quick starts in the first few strides, um, that's what he needs to work on. Um, It's to the point that I think it, it may... If there's something that would hold him back, that that could be it. Um, he does really, really need to focus on, on improving the quickness. But again, he's 200 plus pounds at 6'3 as a teenager. That could come with development and strength and, and turning into a man basically um, on its own. It should improve over time. That said, it's something that you can work on and, and he's going to need to work on if he wants to, to have a realistic um, chance to be a, a very effective player. Once he gets possession in the offensive zone, he's, he's quite, quite hard to handle and, and he looks very good on the cycle. So that gives you, that gives you some optimism. Um, and that, and that negates from the speed factor a bit because if you can control the play on the cycle and you're strong on the puck and you shield it well and you distribute well then, you know, not, you don't have to play the, the fastest game. I, I use this example all the time, but Mark Stone can't skate lick, and he's one of the best players in, in the world. So it's not, it's not the end all be all. It just happens to be what, what this particular prospect uh, might need to improve on. But, but overall I, I really do like his game. And then as far as projections, I could see him going from anywhere in the second or third round, I think would be, would be a comfortable spot. Uh, tail end of the second sort of thing is, is where I would peg him now. But I mean, did only watch you know a few games of him, three games, and um we'll have to see how he looks in, in the playoffs and lots of room to move, but but yeah, he's a he's a good prospect. Sounds good.
0: Grant, anything you'd want to add? All covered. Well,
1: I, think he, I think he covered it there.
0: <laughs> All covered. Fantastic wow. analysis as always. Yeah. Love it. Detailed, Love that's it. for
1: sure.
2: All yeah. right,
0: all right. Rocco, we thank you for your time, my friend. See, see,
2: old- see what he does to me, eh? How many times did you watch Love off You didn't watch him enough, and now this guy's too detailed. I can't win with you, Grant. <laughs> uh, no, I <laughs> just, awesome. you know,
1: on two views to have that much opinion on him, it's, it's, it's impressive.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, Rocco. Well, enjoy good your – you, Watches of Zane Parekh, and we we were very excited to hear about it too. So uh, you're not gonna you're not gonna
1: keep him around for the Mahler, or what? Got to uh, get going. Got to go. Yeah, Got to I, go. I gotta,
2: I gotta get going. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm unfortunate. <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, uh, there's a lot of things left on the docket today. Um, but uh, I'm looking forward. I'll see you. Uh, see three different games this weekend and I'll, I'll get to see, yeah. uh, in addition to Parekh, I'll see Van Acker and, and Luchenko and, and Baudouin and a couple others. So I'll, uh, I'll be able to uh, have some stuff to talk about next week. I'll try not to have too much of opinions on them over the weekend views, but I'll let you guys know. I'll let you guys know how the, how they looked.
1: Hit a source. There. The, sure.
2: uh, <laughs> the,
1: you, um, yeah, well, we're going to have a trade deadline show next week there. So that's right. We'll, we'll look forward to, uh, Getting your many opinions on on the
2: on that. I'm one thing, I'm not short of opinions, not short of words. I I come by it honestly. That's why you have my theme music, eh? It's in the genes. Yes, <laughs>
0: sir. Yes, sir.
2: Awesome. Right on. All right. Thanks, take Rocco. care, Rocco. Hey, thanks, guys.
0: Bye, bye. All right, Rocco Zappia, busy man's got some stuff to take care of, but we appreciate his analysis as always. Now, Grant, this is this is interesting. Here we have a Mahler of the week instead of a prospect of the week. So Indeed. Let's take yeah, a look man. at Hickey. Ruon, and I think I did that okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, we haven't had uh, Mahler since uh, Surin early in the year, That's if you it. recall. It's been but, a But uh, we're, we're starting off with a video. He's um, He had a recent uh, scoring streak there, seven games in uh, junior. He's playing in Finnish junior, obviously. And he uh, he had uh, a seven-game point streak, and he had 15 points in those seven games. Um, which you know, which is pretty decent. He, he He's played with the um, I mean, I first noticed him at the 23 Helenka last summer. Mm-hmm. He played, uh, you know, he played a decent game in the Fog Bowl versus the U.S. there, uh, <laughs> and uh, um, he yeah. centered one of Finland's top two lines and scored a goal in that game. So I kind of took notice of him there and sort of had him, you know, I had some uh some video that I just put up on his prospect file. But, um, you know, I noticed, uh, I I always look at at stats for all the junior leagues and I noticed that his name kept popping up recently. So I I did a a deeper look and he's been been on a good tear. He's actually uh, tied for 15th in scoring in finished junior. Now, considering that he doesn't turn 18 until June, that's pretty impressive to be uh, top fifteen in scoring at that young of age. Uh, he's got nineteen goals and uh, forty five points in thirty six games, so well over a point a game. Um, so he's putting up the numbers, um, and we can, as you can see by these, uh, you know, scoring highlights, that he's got some. Uh, he's got some good passing skills, uh, vision, um, decent shot. So there's uh there's a little bit offensive upside there for sure he likes to get in front of the net um good net front presence but um i mean i looked at his size he's 6'1 204 and i noticed uh he's got a little bit of he likes to hit so uh the beauty of instat is that you can uh, you know you can key on certain things we're going to put up a video here of his uh of his biggest hits this season.
0: That's why he's now Boom.
1: <laughs> there. <laughs> he uses that size nicely. So um, you'll notice in the, in the, in all of these that he, I mean, 6'1", 204 at 17 years of age. Uh, he's going to be a big boy. I mean, he already mm-hmm. is right now. The issue with him. And I think you even saw it in the, you know, the, the scoring highlights is he's not, he doesn't have uh, amazing skill. Uh, He's not a great skater. Now, part of it might be the fact that he's 204 pounds at 17 years of age. I think what you're going to see him doing is, uh, leaning out a bit, right. As he goes along here and, uh, and puts on a bit of lean muscle and and maybe gets a little quicker because to play in the NHL, he's probably going to, you know, he's going to have to improve his skating for sure. But he, uh, I mean he can skate. It's just that he's not his, his, he does he lacks explosiveness at this point. And uh, in, in part I think it's because of his size. Now but look at these highlights. It's great. I get a kick out of these guys that uh that can just bulldoze and he, he's certainly one of those guys. Now he um I think uh NHL teams are always looking for um you know a, a special dimension, they're always saying, right? Um, and I think he does bring that with his, uh with being a bulldozer that he is. Now, is it's his competitiveness. The guy doesn't take a shift off. He works hard, but he loves to hit. He loves to be physical. And I think that's going to be his forte. I, I see him coming to North America. Uh, and, um, in fact, I wouldn't be surprised if a junior team you know I, I'd be talking I'd be talking to him in the in the uh you know coming up here to the CHL import draft to see if he wants to come over
2: because <laughs> yeah.
1: I think he plays a North American style you know like watch this one here he he comes up oh he loses it <laughs> boom yeah. you know I mean you just keep seeing this over and over again and that's a big defenseman he was up against you know but I think he you know um He's strong along the boards and wins most of his puck battles. He would be uh, effective cycling the puck in the bottom six role come playoff time. I think you know if his skating improves and he, he can make he can keep up with the NHL pace. I just see him being a like a William Carrier Carrier mm-hmm. type, you know, who, who's found a nice niche with the uh, with, with the v- Vegas Golden Knights, right? I think that that's. Uh, (laughs) Look at that. That was the one I thought that that other one was where he just, uh, I guess he was angry that he didn't score and then just sent him on the bench. But I I like that dimension of his game. I think it's going to be something that appeals to an NHL team that maybe is looking for a bit of sandpaper and size. There is another one in in the bottom six down the road. Because that's ideally what I think, you know, you you're not looking at a top two uh, forward here, but he's got the he's got the size, the 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 willingness to hit, and the the strength to to do it. He knocks guys over continuously. So, um, you know, uh, yeah, it's not great skill level, but anytime you're playing a top two center role on a on the finish, you know, on the finish U18 team. Tells you that he's got enough skill and enough pace to, you know, th- that if he keeps improving it, that it, it'll be up to NHL quality. So I what I found is that he's a little bit, uh, I think he's a bit under the radar, to be honest with you. He missed the last uh, U18. The, the NHL scouts haven't seen him since the summer, you know, and talking to them, they don't all necessarily remember him from the summer. So uh, I don't think he's high on any list right now by any means, but I mean, if he has a good playoff uh, and people get wind of uh, just how physical this kid is, um, I, 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 my guess is he'll get drafted closer to 60 than 150. You know, he's probably going to go somewhere from the third round to the fifth round. Now, if he's still there, uh, you know after five rounds bottom i you know i'm i'm running to the draft table to to pick this guy in the sixth or seventh round cuz oh man. he brings yeah. a he brings a dimension that not many players do in this draft class and i think you're always looking for for a dimension that stands out and uh, as you can see from those highlights he's uh you know he's he's going to be a physical player no matter what pro league he plays in so um for me, he's uh, you know he's a good choice uh, as a as a sleeper, but more even more so as the Mahler of the week. Yeah, do you, do you think well, that was a good choice or what?
0: For sure, for sure. So seeing some of those hits, that's that fires me up. I love that stuff. Uh, so Hakey Ruonen is our Mahler slash sleeper of the week, whatever you want to call him. Uh, it, he, it was worth highlighting him. Now, Habs fans. Um, it's time for our Hab's prospect of the week. And this player is having having a pretty good first pro season, all things considered. And that being Jakob Dobish. So let's dive into that a little.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, he uh this is uh from last night. He had mm-hmm. a 35 save shutout. So I decided up. to uh to feature uh you know most of the saves there. So I don't know that uh I mean, I might run out of things to say here, but look at that. that thought it was kind of cool using his glove to mm-hmm. – he's, he's a bit unorthodox, which – He is, yeah. Uh, you know, there, there was another Czech goalie once upon a time that was oh. a little unorthodox. I wonder he who. Turned out to be okay.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: The Dominator. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you got to love his flexibility, those legs, like – he covers yeah. the whole net when he does that he goes down i mean i don't know how i'd break my knee caps if i tried to do it but he is so flexible for a six four six five kid that's and, it. and the way he hops back up from the butterfly like his his legs and knees are you know hammy's uh, gotta be so strong it's just incredible the athleticism that this guy has mm-hmm. uh in his legs just great pads you can't beat this you know he he does that spread eagle uh, butterfly there and has he's covering the hole with the net yeah he does that when a player is in close in tight with the puck and you I mean they're in too close to lift it over his pads what are they gonna do they can't beat him when they're in close and he and he does that butterfly um, and he does it instantly but then. Just as impressively he gets back up on his feet. Yeah. But even more, like what's just as impressive in that regard, too, is is rebound control with his pads. He uh he deflects them off to the to the side just about every time. Rarely do you see a rebound come right back out to the slot. And that's where a lot of rebounds end up getting buried, right? Is when they're uh when they when the rebound comes right back out to the slot so that's uh that's not the case with him he's very controlled with how he uh deals with his rebounds so uh nice poke check there
0: yeah great great stick work
1: he, he yeah, yeah he does have a good stick uh, you know it's hard to move him out of <laughs> like you see guys trying to plow him over there and he just uh you know that was disallowed obviously because he got shut out I'm not exactly. I think they blew the. I'm not exactly sure what, why that goal was disallowed, but I'm not going uh, to not gonna <laughs> argue with <was laughs> it. You wouldn't have got a shout out if it, if it was. So. Uh, but you, you can see by these uh, highlights that he, you know, Bridgeport had a lot of good opportunities, and uh, it was almost halfway into the game. They were out shooting uh, Laval by a fair margin and he kept the, you know it was zero zero. Then Laval all of a sudden the last 10 minutes or last you know of the second period popped four goals and it was game over. So uh as you can see there it was 20 to 14 the shots still zero zero. So he you know Dobish kept them in the game till till they got the offense going. So yeah. he was uh I mean every one of these highlights sheet you just notice how agile he is on his skates, you know? Um, And even when he does go down in the butterfly, there's not a lot of room up top. And he also comes out and covers the angles quite well. So, um, right. It's all about confidence with goalies. And we saw early in the year that, you know, he was having some struggles there and having periods where he'd give up three or four goals. And, yeah. Rob Lavage told me, like, you know, this kid he uh he wants to win so badly, so competitive. And you could tell probably at the start the, look at this one. At the start <laughs> of the year that he was uh you know, he was struggling a little bit with that. And um but the last six games, his save percentage is nine thirty nine. Yeah. So he's fine with Mm-hmm. Look at that save. That was amazing. Beautiful. He, uh, safe to say he's finding his game and that um, um, Montreal's got a – I think he's got starter potential. I really do. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I think he's a better goalie prospect than Primo at the end Agreed. of the day. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Fowler and him Oof. are two pretty, pretty decent – look at that, eh? Yeah. That was, We'll sh- we, I think I've uh, got another, uh, yeah, there's going to be another replay of that after a couple more, but he went to make the poke check, couldn't get to it, and then still made the save with his pad, which was just to show you his athleticism, you know. Um, I just, uh, yeah, I really think the Canadians are uh, have, uh, you know, Montebos still fairly young. Mm-hmm. Um, Primo's a decent looking backup, you know, potential Fowler is playing every bit as, you know, he's oh the, okay. Here it is here. Yeah. Yeah. Just great pads. He's got such great pads. And, uh, you know, between Dobas Montebo Fowler and Primo, uh, you know, I know last year we're saying, well, they need to draft goalies. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we're not, even. We're not even talking about Volokin and Miller, who are that's it, are looking good as well. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, they'll. Yeah, I mean, they got a bunch more picks this year, and they may take another goalie, but they they aren't going to have to prioritize it this year. No, that's it. Uh, we've seen Dovish make that step. Um, very impressed with Fowler. So all of these guys are um, are stepping up. Primos. I'm a little more impressed with him this year at the NHL level. He's starting to get comfortable finally at that level, and Montaubon's just uh, um, proven that he's definitely an NHL goalie and can without a doubt and can be a, a decent starter. So the the goaltending, uh, I'm a lot more confident about the goaltending today than I was, um, let's say uh, six months ago. Exactly.
0: Yeah. I mean, regardless, it's going to be a step down from Carey Price, right? I, we have to put expectations uh, on check here because Carey Price, you know, whether you like it or not, was the best goaltender of our generation. We, we, that, that performance, that 2020-15 Vezina and all that, we, we're never going to see anything like that again. I'm convinced. That was absurd. So to, to know that we have this depth of, of good, potentially great goaltending prospects uh, Habs fans should be really, really excited about that, and, and Dobesh is a part of that for sure. Six foot five, uh, long, agile, stretchy, you know, like, it's, th- those are the qualities you want out of a starting goaltender, so very exciting stuff, and he's, like you said, he's finding his groove in Laval, you know, t- maybe a harder start to his pro career, but now he's he's fully in it, and and the Laval's getting some good goaltending, right? Cascasuo got signed now, he's not, no longer on a PTO, so uh, that's right. it's, it's, yeah. it's going well, it's going well in Laval and that's, you'll love to see it folks. That's going to do it for us. We've been at it for an hour, uh, but it was a fun one. Let us know in the comments who you, who your team should select at this year's draft. Let us know what you thought about Grant and Rocco's lists. And again, if, if you're concerned about the, uh, the three omissions that I mentioned, just go back and watch what Grant had to say. Okay. He explained himself. Let's leave it at that. Grant, anything going on on recruits that people should know about?
1: I've been uh, hard at it. Uh, beefing up the profiles in the last two weeks. Uh, well over a hundred profiles now have uh, uh, multiple scouting comments and videos. Big time. So you can look at uh, game videos that, you know, much like what we put up there, mm-hmm. uh, but, but entire games, some of them are 10 15 minutes long. So, uh you click on a you click on a prospect on the draft rankings and it'll go directly to their profile and you can read NHL Scouts comments and watch videos. So I mean for a buck ninety nine a month Canadian for your draft coverage, I'd say it's well worth uh well worthwhile to uh to subscribe to our draft coverage.
0: I would agree to that. Well, folks, thank you for tuning in. As always, we'll see you next week. Take care. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast, Recruits Draftcast on YouTube, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.